From the 305 to the 303, welcome to TCSP. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Brian and the Casually Serious Band. My name is my name is Jacoby. I'm from the law offices of Buff Guy and Fine Bitch, and I need you guys to know the opinions you are about to hear are expressly the opinions of the Casually Serious podcast and nobody else. Maybe you, maybe your friends. I don't know. Just don't get pissed at these freaking guys because they're stand up guys. Uh, that's just a disclaimer. Thank you. Nice, nice. nice. All right. We got What's that, that out of the way. legal crap. What is that all about? Is that what that call Listen, was about last week? Is that why yeah. we weren't on last week? How many That's... times have we had to break the show at the, either at the beginning or the middle to, to throw one of those out there? Because everyone thinks that this is just some sort of mom and pop show. But let me tell you, man, there's a there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you would not even believe uh, just in the way of Ow. legal issues. Hey, you all right? Some. Something bit me, man. The studio's full of, ah, I don't know, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm actually standing. I, I'm doing the show standing today. I, I'm trying something different. Um, I like that. That's it's. I like that vibe. You're kind of getting, you're giving me that like Gallagher vibe. The, uh, the, the whole moving around thing. I'm just hey, Gallagher, I like it. that. That was our last show. It's been a couple of weeks, but I mean, uh, that's what we did last. I believe we were talking about stand up comedians. What's up, Andrew? Andrew Pace, what's up, Merck? How you doing, my brother? Always good to see you. Always good to see you. So today we decided to do our casually serious podcast um, about bad albums from good bands. You know, we don't we don't necessarily want to talk about this a lot, uh, <laughs> but it's it's something I think we should talk about. It's um, there's a lot of taboo subjects out there. Again, we've spoken a lot about suicide and not wanting to talk about it. We've spoken a lot about whether you're PlayStation or Xbox. Uh, we've spoken a lot about a lot of controversial sides that you're going to take. And I'm not 100% you're going to take our our side on, on one of, or maybe any of these. I don't know. And, and again, I'm a lifelong music lover, as is this guy over here. Okay. I know this for a fact. So if he's able to to come up with the bands that we have come up with and it and and decide to pull an album out that is not great believe believe us when we say we truly want to love it and found a what tried to find a way to love it but just simply could not um it's just too hard there's 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 a few albums that just made it impossible to do so um so we're going to go over a bunch of those as, as as much as we can i feel like we can get that done within an hour it's not really going to be a monster thing Tammy's dropping the old hola on us. So how's it hey, going, hey. Tammy? Thanks I for know coming that by chick. and hanging out. That chick's cool. She makes a hell of a spread. She that does. Was a, that, was a, that was a great. That was a great time. That was a great time on your birthday. Again, thank I, you so much for uh, for your hospitality, man. That was beautiful. Awesome. Happy to do it. Sorry we couldn't have live streamed. It was just too crazy. But sometime we'll just invite everybody over for a party for you know casually serious or something. Why not? A casually serious party. Yeah, that's an excuse for a party, really. So it doesn't doesn't matter why. I mean, so, I turned 47. You know, it's not like it was a special birthday or anything. It was a special birthday. It was a special birthday because up to that point, you made it to your uh, birthday. That far? <laughs> you made it that far over all the stuff. And God knows we've all been through a handful of shit as of you. Um, but we all we all arrived and converged on your house and had a great time. So it was a good uh, time. It was a dandy old time. Thank you again for that. Still a mess back there, but I can't even imagine. So I don't know. I I, I don't know if we, the reason I kind of have these listed. I guess the only reason I uploaded the way I uploaded these was because in my computer they are in alphabetical order. So I guess maybe we're going in alphabetical order for this one. one does it matter? Um, I mean, really, nah, you, you know, know what? I'll, I'll do it and then I'll erase it after we're done. So um, let's uh, let's start off with. 
Boom. This one. Hey, hey, of course, because I'm wearing the shirt. We had to start yeah. with Van Halen. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so this down. one. Diver down, man. We're going to check out the track list right here. Yes. All right, so go, yes. go, go, go over that with us real quick, real quick Ken, man. Please. Well, I mean, when you go through these songs, you've got four cover songs on this album. You've got two <laughs> um, instrumentals on this album. So when you really get into the creativity uh, from the band, you don't have a lot of it. But at the same time, though, these covers are great. I mean, great, so great, good. great covers. And so, so, so it's one of these albums where you have to look at it and say, is it a bad album because it's really not showing the creativity of the band? Or is it a bad album because we don't like the songs? Because the songs are good, but they're, they're not theirs, you know? And, and there's not a lot of really, you know, at that time, what you wanted to hear was Diamond Dave. And you really, it, 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 he was focusing his voice, of course, in doing these songs and doing them well but not in doing Van Halen songs, which no. is what the fans were looking for at the time. So not at all. Th this was a tough one though for me, um, just because yes, that album, because of those reasons is terrible, but Van Halen's worst album is Van Halen 3 by far. Uh, the only one with Gary Sharon on vocals, the, the lead singer from Extreme. Um, it was terrible. I mean, terrible. So, and I, it still have, had their name on it. it. It has their name on it. So if we're really going to talk about their worst albums, I really believe that's it. But I almost don't count it because it's got to be a Van Hagar thing, you know, one or the other. It's either Diamond Dave yeah, or Van right, Hagar. Right, right. And it'd really be Van Halen. So um, so we go by that. I think ultimately uh, we did we did choose the right one on, on Diver Down. What, what do you think? I think so. I think so. Because I, I there was there's a there's a bunch, honestly, we can go we can go to um after sort of like the big three of them that were rocking and that one i believe that was 82 right diver down so you know they had kind of come out of the these late 70s where gene simmons had discovered them and said hey i'm gonna go ahead and produce your first album and gene was like you know these guys are going to be the future and then eventually i think they cut off or he cut off from them or something and let them do their own thing but um the, the party years with those the 70s right right up to about 80 or something like that and i guess that album was sort of an experiment i don't really know um but again for them to a lot of times uh, some of these albums for all we know if we i don't know if we i didn't dig too hard in the background but a lot of them could just be albums that they needed to make in order to fulfill a contract to get mm -hmm. out of or something Very i true. don't know that this, I'm this sure could it, have been that for sure right and if anybody knows any of that shit, please, by all yes. means, you know, throw that in the comment section if you're watching. I know we we don't have a whole lot of folks on tonight, but uh, even if you're listening after the fact, throw it in the comment section because um, it's always good like, to know. We want to know. I mean, I feel like a lot of these things are things we did know at one point. It's just there's not enough room to keep all this stuff in our heads. So yeah, it, it kind of just goes by the wayside depending on its importance or not. But you know, and and not to, just real quick with Van Halen because I find them interesting in the in looking at the the worst albums. What, what's your favorite album? I mean, because you know, Van Halen and 1984 probably are are going to be at the top. Fair warning, maybe. I mean, what what's your favorite? What's your favorite Van Halen album? Because I I personally think Van Halen one. Van Halen is the best album from this band. I mean, I'm 1984 gonna... is the most popular album. I think if you just go by songs and 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 individual tracks. But to me, that album that is just an incredible first album from this band. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that you can beat that album. If I'm talking about the the best the best one out there, and and, and I can I, I can only I would only put that up against um against uh, me, uh Mean Streets. Oh, fair warning. Sorry, uh, fair warning. Fair, uh, just because of Mean Street, Center Swing, I really love. Unchained is probably, if not my favorite Van Halen song, one of my favorite out songs. So this is love is pretty good. There's a few on there that, and that actually, if I'm being honest, I'm sure there's a lot of hardcore Van Halen freaks that would be like, that wasn't a great album. Um, <laughs> Van Halen, Van Halen Two, Women and Children First, Fair Warning, Diver Down, then '84, um, and I think I checked out right around '51 50. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was just, just hey, here's here's Hagar something I, I wanted. I want to go ahead and admit, admit this on the air right now, okay? Oh dear. Uh, and it's not like I need to. I needed to say this, but Wheeler, what's up, brother? How you doing, bud? Love you so much, man. Thank you for hanging out with us. Wheeler. I want to, I want to say this real quick, man. <clears throat> um, when it comes to bands going through this maturation period where they come out with an album that's either experimental or too early for their fan base, uh, 
uh, I, I'm that ba- I'm that person who's pissed. I think I talked to Stoney about it. Who Stoney was almost able to join us on. I tried real hard to get him on, oh. but we couldn't book him. He's so busy. Um, but he was gonna try and get on. I talked to him. I talked to Jay uh, um, numerous times about how we're purists, where it's hard for us to get on board with a new singer for right. a new band. So and, and unless we're talking about going from Diano to Dickinson, which was we were too young, I think, at that time to even care. Not to mention it went from Diano to Dickinson. So exactly. really nothing to complain about that. Not from but Dickinson I, to Blaze. I personally have <laughs> apparently have a predisposition to not liking albums that are, are experimental or departure from what I already really like from a core band. So when it when it came for Van Halen to take on uh Sammy Hagar, I wasn't ready for that. I can only right. now say right. Hagar is a friggin' amazing singer and was a beautiful choice for that band because there was nobody else that could have come in to do that right. uh, and, and go on to write the songs that they didn't have the success that they did. I agree, and I think 5150 was a great album. Actually, at the time, I feel the same way as you. I was kind of uh, in the in the Diamond Dave boat, so I wasn't a big Hagar fan and thus didn't really like the album at the time when it came out. Um, but listening to it afterwards and, and even to this day, that's a really good album. Uh, but that's really the last one I like. Uh, is Beyond that, I'm, I don't like any of that stuff. Uh, OU812, For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, oh, that's terrible to me. But, um, you know, they had one good one with him at least. Well, and having said all that, I'm, I'm going to pull this one up right now because this is one of those albums to, that even to this day, I, I might sing the songs because they've been hammered into my brain. But it's not to say that I like any of them. Um, and that's this shit right here. It's interesting. Oh, God. All right. So oh God. now listen, uh, uh, all, all you all you Metalla fans, uh, <laughs> you guys that are going to jump on me for this, I appreciate it. Do it. That's great. I absolutely think the best work Metallica ever did were the albums they did before this album dropped. All right. So I, I agree. All right. I'm with I you have, so far. I'm with you so uh, far. This is the deal. We were, let's say, uh, you know, in 1983, I was 10, you know, so 1986 or 1980, you know, in 1986, I'm, I'm 16. We're starting to get to that area where they're branching off after Injustice for All. And let's call it 17, 18 years old. I open up this album expecting some sort of extension of Harvester of Sorrow or Dyer's Eve or uh, anything from Kill Em All, some sort of departure or callback. And all of a sudden I get songs like enter sandman which listen fine great that 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 may be anthemic at this point great but you know it was just all slow paced shit unforgiven oh my fucking god dude Terrible. You know, by the time i got to nothing else matters all right i know for a fact i hit eject on my cd player from the 80s and it actually slid out you remember that we're old i pulled the cd out and i flung it across the room and it shattered and i never listened to that album again until and i'm talking about the the albums in entirety entirety the way it was meant to be listened to again until i was on a flight i think in 2015 where i heard it and was like all right i get that now but there's no way you could have expected me to get on board with that then there's no way and and i I agree with that too 100 because of the way that that album changed pace with that band and also what was going on kind of socially with that band i think there was a lot of things and reasons why fans kind of uh some of the hardcore fans shied away from it from that point so for that i agree with you for that album for black being their worst album. but the thing is that's not their worst album once again easily easily reload terrible album i was gonna say saint anger Ang, that's another one. I mean, these are, but they're all terrible. Those are worse albums than the Black Album. But the Black Album is when the terribleness began. So I have to agree with you. Wheeler, it I was don't, the beginning of the end for me. With I don't know if Wheeler is getting on me about um, about Metallica right now, or if we're talking about Dave. So I was a, I'm a Diamond Dave fan, uh, but I don't. He's saying, "Good Lord, Bobby." I don't know if maybe that's because I'm given, I'm given. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. The problem is, is uh, you know, I've heard a we lot of be my, more specific, all right? At your, heard, as you, be right. more directive with your anger and what it is you need to say to us. <laughs> Use your words, literally. I can, I can understand. I don't know if if Lars and James sat down and said, "All right, look, here's the deal: the shelf life for a thrash band is like three fucking albums, <laughs> and then after that, you either you die. We else. all, we all get in a bus crash. Everyone dies in a plane crash. 
we're all alcoholics, we cocaine overdose, or we pivot. And I don't really understand how any of them went from the massively cocaine fueled and justice for all and landed anywhere near. And obviously we, we can go back and watch that documentary. Bob Rock had a lot to do with it, but how, how it all turned into that, that whole. It, it uh, worked. It worked. Slogan. All the cheerleaders were listening to Metallica, you know, all of the people that would never listen to Metallica, anything off of injustice for all suddenly loved Metallica and that's, that's why the they did it and it was for them and the business move and your whole idea was to make money and be successful they did all the right things they're relevant today I mean there's bands that are not and they even with some of those terrible albums they've been able to find ways to keep themselves relevant and they are so hey go good for Metallica but there's worse albums than the Black Album just musically but it was to me I, I agree the beginning of the end for that band as far as i'm concerned there's nothing i like after injustice for all yeah that's uh that's <laughs> there's just too much bad stuff there man i don't know what to say man I, I i i again i was able to go back there and listen to it and say all right i understand how they needed to mature or they needed to find a different uh, direction uh because they didn't want to get left behind or something like that that's cool i get it great cute they're but probably I don't, right I, I don't understand how it went for i don't know how it went to there so um who produced mixed um i think i've got you right here i think bob rock was the guy there you go bob rock was the guy uh you know and if you could watch that some kind of monster uh thing that's uh specifically about about how how that whole thing came to be but again I just couldn't I couldn't get on board with it after hearing after being such a monster fan of injustice and listening to those nine and a half minute metal masterpieces they are um, I just could not get on board with it so but again I gave you this claimer I, I I'm too much of a purist to be able to jump on board with any sort of new shit um so Ken man how about this one how about this one right here man what you got ah yeah see now we get into some little bit i mean if you're going to talk about greatest bands of all time then you're going to definitely talk about led zeppelin and if there's any band that i mean if it's possible even for them to make a bad album um it, it was this one in through the outdoor and this album this album came out in 79 so it's towards the end um you know bonham was already deep into his spiral abuse and there was or spiraled in that substance abuse and there was so much of this just sort of desire to pump out another album or just one more kind of album i think at that at this point and they pushed this album so hard and they, they just they didn't have any of that blues rocky sound anymore they lost so much of what their previous albums were what's crazy is in the evening is actually one of my favorite songs from led zeppelin and it's on this album uh but it's probably one of the only good songs maybe you can pick out one or two in here that are not terrible full in the rain um but overall, when you listen to this album, you're not thinking Led Zeppelin. And most albums, when you're hearing Led Zeppelin, you know what you're listening to. And this is a band that absolutely was a front runner in changing the way that rock bands were going to start to put music together. And because of that, I think everybody was expecting that next album to be just that next step in that progression. Right. And this album didn't do that. And this album pretty much was the end for Led Zeppelin. So easily, this is the worst album from one of the absolute greatest bands. Do you, uh, you, do you remember Mike Marsh? I do. All right. So obviously, he went on to play for Dashboard Confess Confessional. Right. He's in. Uh, he's with the Abbott Brothers now. So he and I, on, on I think on at least two occasions, have gotten together, got our drum sets together, and done like drum clinics with each other. And it only happened once or twice. I think I did it at my house once, and I think I might have. Well, he lived out there by the by the golf course, so I don't know. If, I think it was at my house. I had a big ass garage. At any rate, we tried to figure out how to play the the drum beat, the drum intro for "Full in the Rain," which is it's one of those things where uh, like Todd Shukerman from uh, um, uh, from what was it was it Sticks? I don't know. He has an he uh, or Toto, right? I think that's who it is. Um, Rosanna. Rosanna, that drum beat is a direct ripoff from Full in the Rain completely <laughs> uh, because it was such a tough, it's such a swingy thing to play. So 
it's very weird how we're kind of we're able to pull we're going to pull these albums out but there's going to be one gem on every one of them probably it's just right. that we're so used to there being yeah, like four or five for these albums that we're saying to ourselves how the hell are these even in the catalog right it, now? It, so. it's got to be hard for a great band to not have at least a good song on even their bad albums i mean right, right. if you really can't consider them a great band then i mean what that's what we're trying to do here is we're trying to put great bands out there people that know we can are we can all admit whether we like them or not that that's a it's a great band they're respected they've you know they've won their awards they've done their stuff that's that's who we're trying to to do well, we might get into a little bit of more obscure bands a little later but so far we've done that i think we have for god's sake <laughs> i don't know depending on what the next one is are you still going in alphabetical order i'm trying to figure out what's coming next uh like i'm throwing i'm, I'm just kind of spinning so uh, right, let's yeah, go. There you go there you go let's not go that i had to leave led zeppelin so quick but you know well, i think we did our thing i've got one i've got one here yeah. we go what you got randomizer oh god oh god is right oh god <laughs> is right ken man so here's the deal here's the deal oh, no. I, you know i'm like i'm like we're not gonna date we can date ourselves everyone who's watching us right now knows how old we are we had high and dry uh which was i believe their second album um and then pyromania which in my eyes is i love that album i love there we go on through that uh right. pyromania is my favorite album of theirs right and they had all the hits on there but see the thing was is that they they were able to make these hits but for some reason at the at that by at that album they were still part of that new wave of british heavy metal being alongside saxon judas priest iron maiden all these bands that were part of all that but def leppard sort of found a different way to get in there and songs like these were how they did it all right women <laughs> rocket animal love bites so listen, I love bites is one of the worst songs i hate that song. it's <laughs> such a terrible song my god you can't turn the radio off fast enough when that song comes on for me everybody terrible. claims that they ironically love pour some sugar on me but there's a lot of people out there who really frigging do okay so don't act like you just like it because it's fun and stuff and oh hell yeah back it's cool you love that song all right that's that's the that's the thing they went for a particular demographic and they nailed it okay um this album made them friggin billionaires absolute mm -hmm. friggin billionaires all right so here we go again we're talking about um a situation where an album that i don't like is actually one of their most successful albums yep. and 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 i think that's where maybe you but i definitely have that sort of punk rock pure purest attitude where it's like you the reason why i loved you is because you fucking juggled this shit this is i loved how you juggled all of a sudden you became a weightlifter or whatever stupid ass analogy that the hell was i don't know what that was but the difference between what you've done for so long to a change that is just so much of a departure and and unfortunately what this did was this this actually <laughs> i dare i say this it made women a massive part of Def Leppard. If they aren't, if they weren't already by Pyromania, this album, for all intents and purposes, absolutely was a woman magnet. And it became that's when they realized, all right, you know, if the dudes aren't going to buy the fucking albums, you know, the ladies are going to do it. Let's fucking do it from there on in. And it's they true. just made that stuff from here on out. What is your experience with Def Leppard hysteria? <laughs> I was a huge Def Leppard fan um, on through the night. I, I absolutely love Pyromania. I probably wore the hell out of that, out that, that cassette tape, just listening to it over and over again uh, when that came out. Huge fan. So obviously after the accident and Rick, uh, you know, lost the arm and they had a long wait before the next album came out, this is what it was. So Def Leppard fans waited a long time for this album so i would say as one of those fans <laughs> that waited for it um i was excited i was like this is awesome um but was extremely disappointed with this album uh yeah that, these songs were not what i wanted to hear at all it played to a whole different crowd and this is that time though uh when when these albums came out where it was just before kind of hip hop really taking over as the type of music in our country and rock and roll obviously was kind of coming out of that from uh, the grunge era and whatnot. 
and you were still getting some of these hair bands or whatever, like, uh, yeah. you know, uh, and, and yeah, part of the British rock group as well, like Def Leppard, that were still relevant because the music that they had played was so popular for these same kind of age group folks. So we were still waiting to see what they were doing towards the end of all of this. Um, but this is where you got that popular, uh, I mean, that music came from really, where the people were listening to, this is what they were listening to. So before hip hop kind of took over as mainstream music. So Yep. This was all there really was. And they catered to that, just like Metallica did, Def Leppard did. They all played it perfectly. And whether it was their producers or whoever that knew this was the way things were going and there was going to be a category here that was going to fit a group of people where, uh, you know, the grunge was too grungy for them and they weren't really into that. And the hip hop was still kind of too new and wasn't as popular enough. Um, so this was perfect. And these were the albums that stayed hot because of that reason, I think, until yeah. hip hop ultimately took over. Well, sad face for me. I don't like it. I don't like That's, it one. I didn't like it one bit. No, no, that album sucks, and it still sucks. And they played "Pour Some Sugar on Me" out so bad that even if it was a decent song, it got played so damn much that that was yeah. enough of all that. But yeah, I mean, "Love Bites" is so terrible. It's like one of the worst ballads ever written. Be so red. What's up, buddy? Good to see you, my friend. Okay. Uh, all right. So, you know what, now that, now, you know, it's funny. Let's segue. Good segue. I don't know if you set me up for this or not, but I know, roll this, into this. this is, again, we're oh, going to go controversial on this because we don't know any fucking <laughs> better. Um, this album right here. Oh right? man, so, look at you. A, I was on a segue you. from Def Leppard. Okay. Oh, I did mention hip hop. You're right. You, right, did, you did. Right. You did. did. And when, did. if you mention hip hop, you cannot not mention the God Rakim, the greatest MC of all time. Battle me on it if you want. I don't care. You lose. <laughs> Here's the deal, though. Um, I was such a massive fan. All right, we had paid in full. You know, it, we, we there, there was there was just so much lyricism going on. Um, all of a sudden, I get these songs. Now, listen, they actually, I believe he, I believe he got top 100 of all time. But other than the opening song, "Let the Rhythm Hit Him." The rest of these songs, to me, are not great at all, okay? Now, In the Ghetto is actually quite a prolific song. It made a lot mm -hmm. of rounds because it told a serious story. And, right. if, and if nothing else in the world, Rakim was one of the greatest at weaving these kinds of stories. So what I'm trying to say to you is if, you know, if we're going to compare it, um, you know, to, to uh, follow the leader um, or even the albums that came after uh, Don't Sweat the Technique, um, and, and maybe their debut album. This is just such a massive departure from the sound, and I don't really know why. Um, I just never fell in love with it, man. Let the Rhythm Hit Him is a great, it's a great song, but he can't do this song live because if you ever heard it, yes, it's of the awesome, the, I got the two lyrics of ammo. It's very low, low spoken, and he's he, he has to find a way to project his voice live, so he can't even do this song live. So I don't know, man. Compared to Eric B. and Rakim albums that came before and after, oddly, that is one that I don't love. I don't know if you have an opinion on that at all, Ken, man, if, you, if you'd if liked Let the Rhythm Hit Him from Eric B. and Rakim. I mean, for, for me, I think that's just an album that was done in a totally different idea or thought from them. And whether it was just Rakim saying, this is my time to be able to say my story and be a little more melodic and kind of just change things up a little bit. Uh, I don't, maybe it was just the wrong time to do it, but you saw what he came with even after. So uh, this was just one of those outlier albums. And I, I mean, I would agree just from what I like about listening to them, this would be, this would be the, at the bottom as well. So, but I think it was probably just something that, you know, the, it was, it was an artist's choice, you know, and it was something that they wanted to do, whether it was to tell that story or to be able to just get a couple gems even out of their worst, uh, their yeah. worst album. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I, I don't think it did well commercially. I think it got critically panned, if I'm being honest. No. Uh, but again, it went on to be, I think, in top 100 of all time in terms of hip-hop. I don't know, some weird shit like that. But um, not my favorite. Didn't like it. Um, and I uh, didn't like any of these on this freaking list, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, so how about, how about this one right here, Ken, man? Oh, yes. Momentary lapse of reason is what the band had when they made this album. I mean, this was like right at the height of Roger Waters suing the band, trying to break all this up so that they couldn't continue making music. This is kind of the first album uh, that was put out 
during that and and just basically them defying Roger and saying, this is what we're going to go forward and do. Um, the problem is that this album just missed on so many ways. There are big songs on here. One Slip on the Turning Away, um, definitely Learning to Fly is a song that, you know, most people know. Um, so there's good, there's good songs on here, but they don't really hit all the way through. It's just one of these albums that you kind of have to push through a little bit and skip a couple songs here and there because they just don't. Um, you can listen to them over and over, but you just uh, they don't work. They don't flow. They're not Pink Floyd songs. You could already see kind of where uh, the, the influence of Roger Waters leaving the band and seeing a lot more of what the music of what Gilmore was going to do uh, was really taking over here. And, and like I said, in some cases, it worked very well. There's some very good songs here. But it played, I think, even stronger into what the band did moving forward and then releasing ultimately Division Bell a few years later, uh, which I find to be such an incredible album from a band so many years past when they started it all and what went what that band went through to be able to do. So this album here is definitely, I think, their worst overall because there was enough of the original members in this band to have it really constitute being a Pink Floyd album. Um, so I'll still stick to my guns on that, even though there's a couple of good songs in there. Um, but but ultimately, I think it just showed uh, where Gilmore wanted to bring this band uh, versus where where Roger Waters did. Well, here's something that's going to make a little bit of sense to you. If you go ahead and take a little bit of bottom of the, the uh, underneath Sorrow, the last song, and you look who it was produced by, you'll see that that name Bob Ezrin mm -hmm. is just kind of jumping out at me. Bob Ezrin is who made the album Destroyer by Kiss what it was. Ezrin was one of the, the, the one of the great producers of, of the 70s um, and went on to produce other bands in the 80s and whatnot. But he had a couple albums, a few albums, a couple albums with Kiss that, that just have his stamp on it. Um, and it's kind of crazy how I can kind of tell that there was a, a lot of ex experimentation done with this. I love, I love on the turning away. It's, it's a mm -hmm. song. It's a, it's a dreary song. It's very Pink Floyd to me. Um, uh, learning and to so fly. Is one, slip. one slip and on the turning away. I think are more are are very Pink Floyd type songs. Learning to fly gets too poppy. I mean that that's what they made the the video for, and you know it just it gets it just they got too poppy. It just fit. It it got too too far away from what Pink Floyd is. Yeah, Pink Floyd's about, it's all, I guess the thing is, is we expect that to be able to live on. We expect that kind of sound, or at least the band, to get along long enough to continuously over and over make albums that are in the same vein of the albums that we love. And it's just, it doesn't work out. These are all cases in that point. Mm -hmm. um, and you'll have bands that you are an absolute friggin' fanatic of, but you have to admit to yourself that they're not the greatest albums. There's some sort of departure. There's a reason. Case in point, one of my, if not my all-time favorite metal bands, Slayer, decided that they were going to come out with an album called Diabolus and Musica, okay, where they were going to change up their sound a little bit and try and kind of get in there with uh, with the, the, the 90s sound and, 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 and mix a little bit of grunge in there. And I'm not telling you that this is a grunge album from Slayer. All I'm telling you is that this is probably the worst album you will ever hear Slayer put out. And unfortunately, I think Slayer fans like myself will agree. The reason why is because Rick Rubin had his hands on it. Rick Rubin also had his hands on Christ Illusion. Uh, I think Repentance. Um, uh, um, what was that? One of the newer ones. There's a few where Rick Rubin was involved in it and they all just sort of sounded the same. Uh, but this this song or this album was by the time this album came out, I was already done. Matter of fact, anything past Seasons of the Abyss and before <laughs> Christ Illusion, I didn't listen to um, because Dave Lombardo was not in the band. That's the deal with Bob. All right. Bob not only will not listen to a band if you lose the fucking singer, but if you lose the drummer because Bob's a drummer, then he's probably not going to be on board. Uh, and that's what happened with Slayer, man. I, I just, I, they missed me for about 11 albums. Uh, and, and I got, I picked them right back up sometime in like 2007 or 2005 or something uh, when they came out with another slew of Rick Rubin produced albums. But there's something about that album that sucks. I don't know if you've heard anything from it. 
Oh, I've yeah. heard absolutely not one song from that album. See, I, most most of what I get from Slayer was based on uh, what you and Jay tell me. I was told to not listen to that album, so I just didn't. I believed you guys. I honestly haven't listened yeah. to one song on that, and I agree. I'm not. I don't really listen to anything after Abyss, so that that was it for me as far as Slayer is concerned. So I don't have much to say about this album. Probably is their worst one. Yeah, it's pretty I'll, bad, I'll, man. I'll, tr I'll trust you on that. It's pretty bad. It, almost as bad as this. <laughs> ACDC. I was like, what is flow on the wall? Dude? I don't understand. Why would you make an album called Flow on the It's not how you spell that. And then there's an I in there, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, you silly people. You uh, silly. The Australians are trying to pull a fast one on me. They fly on the wall. What 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 are these songs? I don't know any of these. I'm looking at them right now. I mean, Fly on the Wall, I've heard of before, but honestly, I don't know any of those songs. None. Nine, Not one. 1985 okay maybe hell or high water but they have a lot of songs with hell in it so maybe that's what i'm thinking wow there's a problem yeah. man you know we're talking about uh you know one of the one of the you know a lot of people argue they're one of the greatest you know hard rock heavy metal bands ever um i for one let me tell you right away certainly out of australia ever, right i don't i i'm i'm kind of done listening to acdc overall um they've kind of worn on me uh, and i don't say i hate them so get off get off me i still <laughs> love and respect acdc i'm just saying i can't i'm with you i get you listen to a lot of songs from them anymore i get it i totally get that they they yeah. are played constantly on a lot of the satellite stations i listen to and it just depends what it is now but yeah it gets to be a little too much but overall i i, I love acdc but i i agree there could be a little and honestly they've had so many albums i i have no idea i've heard of fly on the wall I have not heard of any of those songs that, that are on that. Yeah, that's a problem too, because that's still in the age of MTV. And for them, for not have, they don't have the ability to put any hits out. Uh, that's pretty crazy. So, Sir, um, certainly, certainly for them. And, and uh, moving on, our love for Italian food aside, what's up with this? <laughs> uh, that's another. What is up one. with what is up with Guns that's... N' Roses? The spaghetti incident. Please, please tell me what is this. I mean, what could they do, though? I mean, they, they, after Use Your Illusion, what were they going to do? You know, the, a, a double set album that was whatever many times platinum. They toured for that, what, for 17 years, I think, for, for uh -huh. Use Your Illusion. So once they were done with all of that, they had to get back to something. So this is this is what it was. I mean, they had, they had lies in between, but this was this was terrible. I mean, this seriously... This and obviously Chinese democracy, you know, a few years later. But th this, I agree. This is absolutely a horrible, horrible album that should not have been released at all. But that's Guns N' Roses for you, man. They, they did. There's, there's, there's three good albums from this band. As great as they were, they released three. I mean, one great album is Appetite, but you know, right. Use Your Illusion one and two were very good albums, if you ask me. They weren't great like Appetite was, um, but it's crazy that you know this band is so popular been around for so long still well known even relevant today touring um but they're doing it off of appetite you know that's really uh, you, you just take a couple songs here and there off use your illusion or whatever there's nothing off, yeah. of, off of spaghetti incident or, or democracy they're probably only going to use patience off of lies so you know that you're going to hear if you see them live now it's just it's just so crazy how this band really is just completely rode the coattails of one album yeah, my brother and I got to see them very recently. Um, and I mean, it's it's actually kind of crazy because, like you said, they are it, it's, it's very much a situation where they're kind of running off of that very first album. Uh, I don't really I don't know if I love anything past that stuff, if I'm being honest, like uh, I don't, I don't really know anything. If I'm but there isn't honest. anything, <laughs> they didn't do anything else, you know. They had after Use Your Illusion one and two, they had Lies, and then Spaghetti, and then many years later, the Chinese thing, whatever the heck that was. That was just Axel, though, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I don't think there was anyone else in the band other than Axel with Chinese Democracy. That, that can't even be considered really a Guns N' Roses album. So it's that's that's what you got from that band. You know, they just hit on appetite. So just like Nirvana did with Nevermind, they just absolutely hit. That's a picture uh, I took bam, from a man, few weeks ago. Good Close as hell. Yeah, man. we were, we were, we were, we were as cute as he used to. Yeah, we were dance anymore. 
he was a he's a scary looking dude now because he's all puffy and <laughs> he has all these weird faces that he does man like i don't know man but but again we were waiting for uh ah! <laughs> there's a face uh, i used to be cute chicks used to but, dig me but here's the deal though he ran around the stage just like he always did good for uh, him and, and it was, uh, it was I actually saw him fill in for ACDC. Speaking of ACDC and Guns N' Roses, he filled in uh, when Brian Johnson was out with that whole uh, throat thing, and they continued their tour. So I saw him in Fort Lauderdale, and and he had broke his leg at that time, I think. So he was in the big throne. Um, it was hilarious, but he actually did a pretty decent job filling in and singing ACDC songs. I, you know, he let Angus kind of be the frontman and go crazy because it's his band, obviously. But um, he, I thought he did a pretty decent job. I was surprised that Axel was able to do that. It was not bad. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have any anyone, uh, any band that you think has a horrible album, drop it in the comments section. That'd be hilarious. Um, so uh, one of my all-time favorite rock and roll bands, Kiss. Uh, yes. they're, they're gonna come out with an album called unmasked and uh, had they not thrown this on the front cover and maybe put it on the inside if they had just put this as like a black cover that said kiss unmasked and you had to open it in order to see them unmasked but all you got was a cartoon of them pulling their masks off to reveal the same fucking paint underneath um they probably would have pissed a lot of people off but this album was a bizarre 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 departure man um shandy if you will is a very bizarre love song that got massive massive play in australia for some reason but in my opinion with the uh, with that with the uh, exception of torpedo girl which is one of the funkiest kiss songs you will ever hear in your life sung by ace freely um that album is absolute garbage man i do not know what they were doing and we can go on after creatures of the night and and uh and lick it up even after that uh, and go hot in the shade. Uh, we could talk about a lot of bad Kiss albums, but that one sort of was the beginning of them making really fucking bad albums. And, um, God love them. They did, you know, they had a great album covered. It was really cool to see them in comic book form as everyone has seen before, but God, that album sucked, man. Really, really bad. And uh, how about this one right here? Ah, yeah, yeah, Generation Swine from a band that really actually was finally putting stuff together that, you know, sounded decent, but now this is what you get out of them, just an absolute terrible, terrible, terrible album, and it's, uh, this was after Vince Neil was gone and then back again, so this is when he came back, I think it was whatever, five, six years he was gone, and they just tried to, like, I think what they wanted to do here was bring back that sound. Um, but you know that, yeah, that so they, that they the had from, right because that that's that's what they wanted to to see if they could remake again you know much much later and with Vince coming back at that point uh, he, you know his voice has already changed he couldn't hit those registers the same but they would keep trying it and this was an absolute absolute terrible album from from what I think is a really great band because they had more than one really good album you know with girls and theater and feel good's not even bad and obviously shout at the devil's their best and too fast for love's a great album as well for you know for being for being a, a you know a debut album um but this this particular one there's nothing on here anybody knows i mean you know obviously bringing back shout at the devil stuff like that but there's there's no, no what one is that? Any of that there's is that there's, a remake it's yeah it's something is they that a remake want. of shout at the devil that's it. I believe it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's not. It's not worth listening to. Don't Good don't Lord. do it. Don't do I'm it. It's, it. it's absolutely terrible. And real quick, since you didn't give me a chance to comment on Kiss, since now you're the Kiss guy here, but you did it again with Kiss and picking the album that started the mess because I picked Crazy Nights, which I think is probably one of the worst albums by any band ever. But, oh. <laughs> but but again, I'd like your point about always finding the album that was like the first one that they then began <laughs> making that out. Crazy Nights is horrible. I'm sorry. Oh my god, man. Oh my god, they played it when I went and saw them. I was like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you playing that, this song? That it sounds worse song. live. Oh god, dude. I don't even want to know. <sighs> so bad. My daughter sings it to me just because she knows I don't like it. It's really funny. Yeah. And then she makes well, up words. 
Unfortunately, uh, you would be tortured to death right now if she decided to memorize anything from this album, my friend. <laughs> what, what would you do if they, what would you do if if uh, if, if that beautiful little daughter of yours decided to rock out to a to a leader of the pack, uh, but D. Snyder's twisted sister version of it, man? Uh, uh, no, no, I'd be cruel to your school, and I no. This is such. This is what's crazy with this album. First of all, uh, she does actually like Twisted Sister. Um, not this album, though. Obviously, we stayed with the the much better albums, and um, she really was into D. Snyder. We had an old uh, cassette tape, believe it or not. Uh, it was Chase, and I had a whole bunch of old old concerts on it, and one of them was an old Twisted Sister concert, and she was in my room checking it out. She's like, wow, this guy is crazy looking. So she's actually a fan of Twisted Sister and would probably sing some of these songs. But um, and, and what's funny is she would like Come Out and Play, because this album was an album that I absolutely loved when it came out. I mean, I was I was 11, 12 years old. I just, yeah. just started listening to this kind of music, and... That's what this album was made for, was was people between the age of probably six or seven and maybe 13 or 14. And to this day, wow. if you listen to it now, you'll feel that. It is almost made to be uh, for that group because there was that kind of, that music was starting and it was hitting for people like that. Quiet Riot was doing this. There was so many different bands that were kind of putting this kind of music out that was very catchy, easy to sing, and you know just followed along in such a way that uh kids could really want to you know get into that music and then also <laughs> have something as crazy as d snyder to to have on your album covers that would, would always freak your parents out a bunch too so that was that was always fun as well but uh, this particular album even though it hit for me great at the age i was when it came out uh, is a terrible album <laughs> the music is so corny uh, oh and it, it, it absolutely belongs there. And, I, and this is where I said earlier where we were talking about great bands and bad albums. I don't know if you call Twisted Sister a great band, uh, but at the end of the day with the influence and everything else uh, that not just Twisted Sister, but Dee Snyder had uh, over music in general. And even to this day, uh, he's still so involved. Uh, I believe that they are a great band just because Dee is just absolutely an incredible musician and individual. You Stay Hungry is by far one of my all-time favorite heavy metal albums. It had such a massive effect on me, and I'm talking outside of the hits, uh, the deep cuts off of there. Uh, the Burn in Hell, uh, The Price is one of a, you know the great mm -hmm. songs. Great song. There's a lot of great shit they did. And a lot of yeah. people, if you, ha if you haven't seen the documentary about Twisted Sister that they came out with, um, you need to watch it. Uh, everybody in the audience, anyone who's listening right now, they had been touring since like the 60s. Uh, Twisted Sister is not a band that just popped up in 1982. You know, a lot of people do not understand and will not understand the, how long they had been touring and battling other people in the glam scene before the glam scene even blew up. Um, they're a quite, it's quite an amazing story. Uh, and and they've all, they all maintain their, uh, the uh, original members, obviously, with the exception of, uh, I believe, I believe AJ Perro passing away. Um, I'm not sure who else, but yeah, you know, they were, they were one of the great bands. And again, this is sort of one of their shitty, their shitty situations. And it fit know. though. I feel like it's still somehow, somehow it fit, even though this album came out right after stay hungry. I mean, this was, it was, this followed stay hungry. So it's just, uh, it was, it's interesting considering, you know, even like you said, they've been touring since the sixties, their first album came was under the blade in 82. And that's yeah. a great album. I mean, and they had two more years until Stay Hungry came out. But Under the Blade to me is, is also a very, very underrated album uh, from Twisted Sister. But I've been listening to them a little bit more actually lately since uh, since that, that video came up and uh, definitely got more Twisted Sister in my in my music lately, which is why my daughter is now listening to Twisted Sister, too. I had I had been running through some of the popular articles online. Uh, a, a few of the albums we talked about were involved in that, but some of them weren't. But I believe, uh, let's see, there was a there was a Judas Priest album on that list. Uh, Turbo, oh, it's got to be Turbo, of course. Yeah, it's Turbo. Yeah. I mean, I and again, that's another one that I loved when it came out because it fit. It was perfect for. I was like, oh, I love this. This thing is great, you know. And there's like, an Iron Maiden one terrible. on the list. Now you got a couple of options on Iron Maiden, but to me, it just it's definitely with Blaze. Anything with Blaze is the worst album. Nothing with Deano or, or Dickinson is the worst album from Iron Maiden, though. So it's it's anything that Blaze did. I don't even know what the dang albums are called that he did, but those are the worst Iron Maiden albums. I don't want to hear it otherwise. 
<laughs> a lot of people would say that that's the truth i don't know there's one x i uh i don't know yeah, fear of the dark or whatever whatever that's fucking that might just be their song on that album but i, I don't I, there is there's a whole middle world there you know after uh after seven sun that just uh for me just fell off that's that's another one it's another band i mean it's that's that's where it started and up until recently to be honest i mean recent their, their last uh two albums now uh have been have been fun to listen to so uh, it's but there was a there was a time there I and mean, when bruce was gone obviously I'm not gonna anything that anyone named blaze sings for as a lead singer for iron maiden it's gonna be a terrible album sorry <laughs> <laughs> there's some on this list to uh def leppard's songs from the sparkle lounge from 2008. I don't even know um, we got chinese democracy there Same um it's it's uh let's see share you can you can throw in like a you look you go with the Beatles, one of the best bands ever, right? I mean, one of the most popular bands ever. Their worst albums on there too. I mean, it's uh you know Yellow Submarine. That's terrible. That was made just for the show and the whole thing to kind of work for that. But it, the, the album is that's one of the worst albums made. It's a terrible album. And yeah, from we got from it. obviously an iconic band. So we've um, got so, oh, look at this. Celtic Frosty Purple, yeah, we got. So this is Sparkle Lounge from Def Leppard. I don't even know what the no, hell that is. No idea what that is. Um, Dio Angry Machines '96. That, that can't be great. Uh, and that's what? Dio. <laughs> so here's that Chinese Democracy. Crap. Iron Maiden Virtual Eleven. I don't even know. Yeah, see, Blaze, Blaze Bailey. That's right. See, told you that's the worst one. Makes sense. Oh God, what was that all about? Judas Priest Demolition. That's a terrible thing. I feel so bad for the people. Ah, here we go. Kiss, Hot in the Shade. They went with Hot in the Shade. See, I'm telling you, you could just throw a dart and find a whole bunch of crappy Kiss albums. Sorry. <laughs> Metallica, Saint Anger. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they start going a little deep. Oh, there we go. We got Generation ah, Swine. There we go. Some Ozzy, Pantera. That's just not fair. That's like their first album. That's before they were even hardcore I mean, metal. terrible artwork as well. I mean, yeah, it should be, on, it should were, be on that category, really. The they worst. were a hair metal at this point, but <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's kind of crazy. But yeah, there was a lot of uh, similar ones on the list, but uh, I still think that we hit on the good ones. But, we did all right, man. We did all yeah. right. And if anybody everybody... if anybody wants to contest us, please do throw it in the yeah. comments uh, after the fact. If you didn't watch us live, thanks to the dozen or so people that came on and hang out with us on live, decided to chill out with us. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what we're going to go on record and say, I think those are pretty much the top. We could go on with a few more, but those are the top ones in my eyes. I'm with that you, man. Is. I think we covered most of uh, most of what I was looking at today. You know, there's yeah. it's always fun researching this stuff and looking at this kind of stuff up and just reminding yourself of what some of this music is and stuff that we used to listen to. And then also seeing some of these really great bands um and, and looking at some of their worst catalogs <laughs> it's, it's, it's i'm sure it's not what the band wants you doing but it, it's definitely uh interesting to to look at with uh bands that have such great catalogs overall you know other than Guns N' roses pretty crappy catalog they put the albums out we didn't you know we're just sure. over here uh, we're just over here critiquing them but yes we are at any rate, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us on the casually serious podcast uh for my brother Ken Man over here. I am Bob, and uh, thanks again for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next week. Have a great one. Cheers.